This premium episode of Watch Out for Fireballs is brought to you by our patron, Moonborn. If you'd like to be a patron, you can go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv. Not only do you support your boys, but you can also sponsor an episode like Moon did. Uh, and you get to hear this whole episode. This is a preview kind of deal. We do one of these a month. If you patronize us for just five bucks, you get all of them. And it's almost, you know, it's like a year and a half. It's like 18 of them, more than a year and a half. Uh, and some of our best episodes are in there. And it is okay if you patronize and then you have to duck out because of COVID reasons or any reasons at all. Uh, we designed it that way. So thank you, Moon, and thank you, patrons. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. And this week we are talking about Devil May Cry, which is a character action game developed and published by Capcom for the PlayStation 2 in 2001. Will the devil cry? We don't know. And we'll never know. No. Uh, according to the end of this, never cry. But that is not canon. <laughs> uh, this is uh so this episode is executive produced by uh slack stalwart mm-hmm. moonborn yeah uh, so thank you very much moon we appreciate you yeah um and this is a pretty big one i think that we had had this uh we, we had both wanted to cover this at different times uh mm-hmm. in, in, the, in the past because it's a pretty important game um at yeah. least as, as regards you know 3d action <laughs> action you know the way that that works it, it's rare that we we do things that are arguably progenitors of a genre, right? You know, like I'm sure that you know there there first is a, a cursed word online because yes. there's always somebody who's going to be like, oh, like well, this Amiga game actually has elements of this, blah blah blah, <laughs> and and you know, uh, but one of the first big successful yes. character action games mm-hmm. uh, that we have um, in this, you play as an absolute dweeb uh, <laughs> yeah. named Dante. Who How dare you, sir? How dare you? He's the coolest in the world. Incredo dweeb. Uh, <laughs> who is a, a demon hunter who's half human, half demon. He's like uh, uh, Rain Wilson in the video dating service thing. Or Tim <laughs> Eric descri- describing Carlor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> who has ring- wings like an angel's, but also like a devil's. <laughs> Carlo can fuck anything and will and has. <laughs> uh, you know, it is exactly as like. Impotent and sexless as Carlor. <laughs> um, in this, you're you're hired to travel to a castle on Mallet Island or Malay Island mm-hmm. uh, to stop an archdemon named Mundus from returning to the world. Yes, um, and like we kind of alluded to, this is the first character action game. You know, like it just like mm-hmm. uh, yes, this does take inspiration from a bunch of other things, but it is considered to be kind of the progenitor. 
um, you know, kind of because of its creator, um, Kamiya, Hideki Kamiya, uh, kind of like assigning it the name stylish action or whatever, uh, or extreme mm-hmm. action is another thing that this is, uh, generally called basically like a 3D new kind of beat em up with a deeper combo based combat, uh, than 2D beat em up games would have. Uh, kind of an emphasis on difficulty and uh, just a kind of constant and, and uh, strict scoring in a real kind of arcade kind of way. Yes. Yeah. This is the, you know, senpai, please tell me if I'm ever, ever so good. Yes. Uh, kind of, kind of genre. Grade me. Evaluate me. I'm good and good and ever so stylish. I'm ever so stylish. I'm ever so S rank. Um, the, uh, I've also seen spectacle fighter. Hmm used for this which is you know and this isn't the first this is the third one of these we've covered so yes. thanks bayonetta and god hand are right. later games in the genre that we uh that we covered mm-hmm. uh your dweeb has a number of swords and guns available as long as well as flaming gauntlets mm-hmm. uh that you can get um it's kind of less than you might expect mm-hmm. you know you end up with a fairly limited inventory in this and they're all pretty differentiated um the game plays in full 3d but without any control over the camera and the camera is uh what i think of as the code veronica compromise yeah like yeah. you know fixed camera angle that also moves mm-hmm. you know so it gives you a little bit of that resident evil fixed camera angle cinematic steez but it will also follow you down a hallway or adjust angles and such yeah um and we just kind of like rattled through a few different things uh the fact that you do not get as many like weapons and moves as you would expect uh the fact that the camera uh kind of behaves like a like a compromise from from previous things i think that it would do us well to really kind of get out of the way early on that this is like a transitional product um extremely transitional right uh, th- this is uh, what uh, what the TV tropes men and and women call uh, early installment weirdness. Yeah, uh, you know this is they were figuring it out mm-hmm. and like one of the you know theses. I was trying to think of ways to like we're early on, but I was trying to think of ways to like approach this critically because I mm-hmm. I came away from it just being like this is fine mm-hmm. uh, and, and just feeling <laughs> fine, yeah. you know. Uh, and trying to think of it, and one of the things that I thought of is that this makes, and we'll, I'm sure this is later in the notes, and we'll talk about this at length, makes such an interesting companion to Resident Evil 4, because I feel like Resident Evil 4, like, also kind of birthed the genre, but that genre got worse right. as it went on, and this genre got better. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a starting place that is a little, you know, pretty rough. Mm-hmm. For for this specific subgenre, like playable and fine, yeah, but pretty yeah. rough. Uh, and then they they refine this and refine this and refine this until eventually now this is the the highly technical, you know, platinum, you know, kind of thing that it is now. Yeah. Um, and then Resident Evil Four like birthed the entire over the shoulder third person shooter, but all of them just immediately forgot the lessons of Resident Evil Four <laughs> right. and got yeah. kind of dumb. I finished Resident Evil Four, and I am like very reticent to play anything that is a third person shooter after it. Like, uh, I don't know, chances are it's going to be a step downward. I played this, and I was like, shit, I don't know. I'll, I'll play a couple of missions at Devil May, Devil May Cry Three. Like, that's a good fun game. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm. I'm sh- like this it's one of those things I'm sure it gets much better. Yeah, like everyone yeah. this is one of this is like in the rich watch out for fireball tradition of us covering the first in a series and it not being the best one. Right. And right. then people being like, Yeah, I gotta cover this one. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those games. Yeah, yeah. But like, you know, I did not feel the way that I felt about this the first time that I played it, you know. Um I only really have these criticisms 
seeing it, the, seeing the way that they have like smoothed things over, made things a little bit more fluid, et cetera, down the line. Like there have, there has been a lot of iteration in this formula, um, largely from like a lot of the staff that made this game <laughs> really, yeah. or were associated with it. Right. Other chances at the bat. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it is in full 3d, uh, you can either free roam and do your tappa tappa combos, um, or you can do a, a lock on to, uh, to, to different enemies. And this, uh, gives you access to a couple of different attacks that kind of depend on, you know, pressing forward or backward in relation to, uh, where, where Dante is pointed. Um, mm-hmm. you know, just makes things a little bit more, uh, a little bit more precise for you. Yes. Yeah. Um, you can also, um, and this is another early installment thing, mm-hmm. uh, you know, guns in later entries in this series, my understanding, and then also in Bayonetta are basically there to keep combos going, mm-hmm. are not there for damage. In this, uh, you can switch between melee and gun attacks, and both are very viable. Mm-hmm. Um, the end of the uh, guns do less damage, but later you get really serious guns. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, these are largely used not to keep combos going necessarily, but to fill up something called your devil trigger. Yeah. Uh, which we will talk about later. Mm-hmm. Um, but I ended up using the grenade launcher uh, in this a lot. Yeah. The grenade uh, launcher as... is like a can opener for bosses. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it just, uh, in later games, my understanding is that ranged weapons are really kind of an afterthought. Yeah. They're a little bit uh, uh, backseated, specifically in uh, in three, where the uh, different kind of stances that you would take um, end up mm-hmm. being a little bit more prominent. A little bit more foregrounded, and only, and only one of those relates to uh, relates to or emphasizes uh, gunplay. Mm. Right. Yeah. Um, so your special moves that you have access to generally, uh, you know, are there to help you close the distance between you and the enemies. Uh, Stinger is the name of that one, uh, or they kind of lock your enemies out of being able to to attack you. High time, which is where you can uh, hike an enemy up into the air. Um, and kind of yeah. like focus them, keep them off the board while you're doing damage to them. Yeah, juggle. Yeah, yeah. And um, there are a bunch of these. So many of them are, mo- you know, mobility. Like you said, some of them are just more damage mm-hmm. uh, with like slower wind up. So they kind of take the place of a traditional strong attack mm-hmm. uh, from time to time. Yeah. Um, and the way that the evaluation, there are two levels of, evalu- of evaluation happening at all times in this game, um, like a stage based and a scene based kind of evaluation, uh, which the game calls your stylishness, um, ranking you from D to S, uh, mm-hmm. which is above A. Uh, and there are, you know, adjectives that begin with these things. So doll yeah. is the worst one. S is the best one. Um, and the way you do this is by varying your attacks, uh, specifically this uh, mode of, of ranking. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think not being hit does as much for this part. Mm-hmm. I think that's your end stage. So, uh, so be, be, be being hit will will knock your uh, it, it will uh, do like a demerit on you for your uh, oh yeah knocks yeah. you down to doll and then you build right. back up yeah it's but little... it, it's not it, not being hit is a huge factor in mm-hmm. the second evaluation yes. yeah yeah no like the the so in order to maximize that you pretty much have to do a no hit run uh, and what this does on individual enemies um, is determine how much currency you get mm-hmm. uh, from them. Um, so you can, uh, and, or if you taunt, you can boost this as well. This is how many red orbs you get mm-hmm. from enemies. Uh, and then at the end of each mission, you're rated basically on time and whether you got hit, mm-hmm. which also impacts red orbs. Yes. Um, there is a, uh, dissonance in this game that 
is common in video games, but I really noticed it in this mm -hmm. of the less you need a boost, the more likely you are to get it <laughs> yep. uh, in this, in this form. Yeah. Um, and I don't, like, I, I'm not saying that Devil May Cry is unique in this. Mm -hmm. You know, this happens a lot in video games. Yeah. I don't like it. Right. I don't, I don't like this kind of scoring for games where, like, so much of my efficacy was based on being able to buy moves. Mm -hmm. I was less likely to buy moves when I played worse. If I practiced and played better, I ended up getting moves that required, like, required, didn't require me to play as well. Mm -hmm. um, that's a weird thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, kind of like uh, as a reward weird crossed incentives are happening yeah. there. Yeah. Um, I definitely noticed the same thing. Um, also something I didn't realize is that the like per scene rating that you have going on, like your dull mm -hmm. to stylish is basically the, you rapping meter from Parappa the rapper. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. It so, does determine if you rapping, yeah. if you indeed be rapping. <laughs> um, yeah. There's also this doll thing is frustrating to me because there are enemies that can only be hit with, what seems like one move. Right, really. right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, look, stop calling me doll. Yeah. Like, I, I, you know, you, you're you the one who put this cage reaper here. <laughs> I didn't put it here. I have to jump attack him, you fucking idiot. Mm -hmm. I'm not doll. <laughs> what, what else am I supposed to do? He doesn't do, get on the ground. I'm doing what <laughs> is, I'm doing what is required of me. <laughs> yeah, it's not doll. Yeah. Um, um, stop yelling at me. Yeah. So, some something else that's a little bit a uh, little bit frustrating, especially if you uh, haven't played this particular entry in the genre or series uh, in a while, is that um, you know, in trying not to be hit, you will notice that you don't really have a defensive vocabulary here. Um, mm -hmm, you're yeah. gonna you're gonna find this to be really really stiff, or at least I did. Um, and the real big culprit here is the lack of a dedicated, uh, dodge button. I fired up Devil May Cry 2 because I never played that and I wanted to see what people hate. So, I don't seem fine mm -hmm. to me in the early going. Um, but I was immediately relieved to see Circle is Dodge. Okay, cool. Now yeah. I can work with that. Devil May Cry 1, you do have like a dodge roll to the side, but it is really, you know, it is dependent on you being locked onto the enemy and having your guns out. Yeah. Yeah, making making your dodge a uh, modal thing mm -hmm. is really frustrating. Yeah, um, and this and it ties into that thing with the the herb economy, because I felt like double jumping was basically necessary. Yes, uh, to not take damage in a lot of these situations, and that is very and I costly. Had to, uh, it's very costly. I had to unlock that. I wasn't good at unlocking it because I wasn't no hitting these stages. Mm -hmm. Like it has that Capcom DNA of it wants you to do the thing over and over and over until you master it. Right. But instead of rewarding you with an unlimited rocket launcher or new outfits, <laughs> it rewards you with basic verbs you need to play the game really. Yeah. You know, uh, in, a, in a way that's not a verbal flaw. Again, I think I think this game is fine. Yeah. I just I I was pretty frustrated by it, and mm -hmm. I really wanted that dodge. Yeah. You know, uh, desperately wanted that dodge or a mm -hmm. parry or anything, yes. you know, that was like, there, you know, there, there's kind of like half measure versions of these things, but they're not very good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I desperately missed that. At the very least, it will illustrate exactly how necessary that is to this kind of action, to this kind of 3D, yeah. because running in circles and jumping to dodge things while Benny Hill music plays, uh, that ain't it, chief. It's, it's weird. It, it's yeah. like, it's not, it's so uncool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, you know, for a, for a genre that the point of this is to make you feel cool. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not, and, and, you know, this segues all into the next point. 
in no way am I or are we claiming this is the only way to play the game or the right way to play the game. No, no. Um, you know, I played through it on normal. Um, you unlock, uh, you can play hard from the beginning. You unlock something called Dante Must Die, which is a, a series uh, stalwart mm-hmm. um, after you beat the game. Um, and that a lot of people are like, this is the only way to play the game. Mm-hmm. It comes live. And they. It, I did watch a lot of Dante Must Die. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of let's play to kind of see it. And it's a huge difference. It's not just bigger numbers. Um, right. It's different encounters. Um, entirely different. Like enemies are introduced much earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, it is really significantly different. Yeah. Um, I, I had like less than zero interest in doing that though. It didn't, I, it didn't sound appealing to me at all. And I never do like whatever yeah. a game offers that kind of thing. I'm not going to really go for it. It's just not what I play these games for. No. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, that, that kind of mastery mindset versus a getting through it and getting to a new experience mindset mm-hmm. is one of the, you know, gamer psychographic divides. Yes. You know, it's, it's, it plays really well hand in hand with my rock band metric of not <laughs> wanting to master a song, just wanting to get through it and move on to the next song because new songs are fun. Yes. You know, as, as opposed to what if I got this on absolute hardest mode and got perfect? Like, mm-hmm. That is impressive. Yeah. But I could also listen to a new song, <laughs> you know, that'd be cool. Yeah. You know, and so like, yes, the biggest fans of this game and these games will say like, yeah, you know, like you really need to play it on Dante Must Die mode. I still felt like I had a very good, uh, a very good experience playing it on normal with just the, oh, I want to get to the next thing, like not caring if I only pulled back, you know, C's and maybe like an A at the highest on uh, maybe like yeah. an easy mission. <laughs> like yeah. that doesn't, you know, like I, I don't feel like that I got, you know, a bad experience playing it that way. And really none of my complaints have to do with like the difficulty tuning It was just about like these particular rough you know, rough shakes kind of things that happen with, you know, the growing pains. Again, this is a traditional product or a, a, tr- a transitional product, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. there's also, they give you some difficulty mitigation stuff in this. Yeah. Like if you, once you cease to care about score, mm-hmm. it's frustrating because you'll be poor throughout mm-hmm. it. Like you won't get currency if you don't care about being graded, but uh, all of the items in this game are very powerful. Um, mm-hmm. Item tanking stuff that was annoying to me was, my go-to strategy when I hit a wall and wanted to see the next thing rather than, like, practice for a really long time. Yes. Like, this didn't give me the same feelings that, like, even the best Dark Souls games do when I want to just practice something to get through it. And, you know, people who listen, listen to the network know that's not, like, why either of us really play Dark Souls either. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not our, our all-consuming thing. Yeah. So, like, yes, I could beat Madeira if I tried hard enough. Yes, I could do Devil or, you know, Dante Must Die if I tried hard enough on this. Mm-hmm. But I just, it's... Just not I, I'm, play, I'm playing other things. There's lots of good yeah. games. Yeah. yeah, I'm doing other stuff instead. Yeah. Um, the, uh, I'm still reading the Lords of Magic manual. Give me a break. <laughs> um, the, uh, one of the, uh, so you, in order to be successful, you need to use something called your devil trigger. Um, one of the big, also just so it's noted, one of the big things in Dante Must Die is the enemy has devil trigger, mm-hmm. uh, which looked like an absolute fucking nightmare. Yes. Um, but you use something called devil trigger. Uh, this is like a meter that fills up a little bit like a limit break instead of, but instead of being one move, mm-hmm. you do like a limit break. Um, it is a different state. Yes. Um, you can fill this up by doing damage or by taunting. Mm-hmm. And when you fill this up, uh, you become more demony. Yes. Uh, you, you kind of like invoke one of these two demons. There's a third demon available for the final boss fight. 
Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that when, when, when we get there. I, I had for completely forgotten that Camilla did the, uh, the, 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 what is it? The space Harrier, uh, shoot yeah. him up, uh, before Bayonetta. I gobsmacked Gary gobsmacking. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> forgot about it. The, uh, uh, yeah. Well, I, yeah, not, not as, not as hard as I forgot about the water section. But <laughs> right. I did forget about the ending. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you become one of two demons, either Alistair, uh, who is lightning powered or Ifrit, who is, uh, flame powered. And when you are in devil trigger, you know, your attacks and defense get much more powerful and you can execute these, you know, more powerful regular attacks and, um, uh, transformation attacks where you either, uh, you know, uh, transform and run into the enemy, do like a melee kind of thing or stand back and fire orbs at them. Yeah. So if you like orbs, this game mm-hmm. does have a lot of orbs, even though they are not shaped like orbs. Nope. They're shaped they're like streaming like faces. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, you also get your health back on any difficulty except for the highest ones, mm-hmm. um, which is my main use for it. Yeah. Um, and this, this does create like a really nice kind of flow yeah. between attacking and healing. Mm-hmm. Uh, naturally that I, that I appreciated. Um, it's really important for boss fights. Yeah. Um, where you will go back and forth between activating it and running out mm-hmm. and kind of shifting your play style accordingly. Yeah. Um, you know, devil triggering, getting in a lot of damage, then playing a little bit more defensively when your defense is weaker. Yeah. And you need to build that meter back up. Yeah. It's a fun, uh, it's a, it's a fun, uh, push and pull, right? Or tug of yeah. war. Uh, and I like what it does to the rhythm of the combat. Uh, we should talk about bosses. Uh, we're going to talk about them in detail when we get to them and the actual thing. We, we, we probably should note that this is a premium episode. Normally we say that oh, closer yeah. to the beginning, but I forgot to put in a bullet point. Um, yeah. So if you're listening to this on the public feed, everybody will get through the generalities here. Um, however, the full episode can be unlocked by going to our Patreon. Um, but broadly about the bosses before we get into any specifics, I think there are only three boss enemies. Um, outside mm. of the final encounter, what is it? Phantom, the, the, the four. Gri- four, Phantom, Griffin, Nightmare, and Angelo. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. So uh, five total bosses, <laughs> uh, four of which you will fight many mm. times. Yes. And especially if you decide to do any secret missions, which mm-hmm. I immediately fucked out of. Like, I'm like, <laughs> no, this, is, like, this gonna, isn't me. Going to cross this that off of my to-do list there. Yeah. yeah I'm all right. <laughs> uh, I watched a bunch of them. Yeah. Uh, a lot of them are just repeated. Uh, boss fights and they do get variations either mm-hmm. in terms of arena or move set. Yes. Uh, incredibly minor variations. Yes. Um, it's again, I think this game is fine. It's not mm-hmm. a horrible flaw. I did as a novelty, you know, somebody who enjoys novelty in video games, <laughs> this ended up again, I can imagine this being a thing where it's like, Oh, I want to fight the spider because I want to master the spider. Yes. I feel very good once I have mastered spider. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm like, I, I've already, I've seen spider. That's enough for me to master. <laughs> yes. I have a pretty good like, idea of what yeah. spider is. I can notionally imagine ways that I could get better. And that to me is pretty much exactly, it's functionally the same for my life as actually putting in the hours to get better at it. Like, yeah. oh yeah, I can see, I can see how I could do that better. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm, I'm going to the zoo. I'm not being a colonialist. Right. I don't need to conquer this. I just right. need to see it and walk mm-hmm. past it really. Yeah. Uh, so the idea that these were so repeated ended up being a pretty big bummer mm-hmm. uh, to me in yeah. this. And I didn't remember it at all. Like I, we both played this closer when it came out. Yeah. Yeah. I love um, this game back in the day. I, I played on release. I don't remember very much other than like vaguely warm feelings, but yeah. it was 20 years ago for me. So it's, it's, yeah. you know, 
many people have lived and died in that time span. <laughs> right. Like it is, it is may as well be infinite years. Mm -hmm. So I don't remember very much specifically, but I did not remember fighting the same bosses over and over. Yeah. Uh, that was a new unpleasant surprise to this replay. Mm -hmm. And they're, they're fine bosses. It's just, you know, fine. I, I wanted, I wanted uh, more. Yeah. The dual ones are good. The rest of them are fine. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like Griffin very much. Griffin, I find really annoying because it's hard to find opportunities to get in. It feel like. Yeah. Yeah. No, those weird, uh, those weird little like platforms or whatever they yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it just, it feels, it feels a little bit like that they, they didn't, they either didn't know what they had or they didn't know, uh, they didn't have confidence that it would be worth investing in to like develop more. I, you know, yeah. like it just, it just kind of says like, yeah, this is a thing in its adolescence. We want to kind of feel it out. So you get five bosses. Here you go. Make, make the most of what you got. Yeah. And, and the most of what you got is doing them a bunch. Yeah. You know, so just, yeah. Uh, the, uh, so there's that character building economy, which we mentioned. Mm -hmm. Um, as you explore, as you fight, you're going to get these red orbs, um, which are currency experience and sometimes a key. Yeah. Uh, which is real weird. Um, and this, uh, you buy new abilities, um, for your weapons, which, uh, we'll kind of talk about some of those as we go through. Yeah. A lot of them are, you know, we, we mentioned those in generalities. You also buy those consumables and those end up being huge. I did not yes. have any memory of that, mm -hmm. but they're really weirdly generous. Yeah. Um, like the invincibility one lasts for a long time. Yeah. Uh, the kill everything on the screen one does a lot of damage to bosses. Mm-hmm. You know, um, things like that. And some of them are like the kill everyone on the screen thing is like really affordable. Yeah. Uh, surprisingly. So <laughs> the one thing yeah. that I, the one thing that I wished, I wish that you could carry more than one vitality star, which oh, is like much. your, your full heal. That didn't make an awful lot of sense to me. I understand that the actual system is built around, um, is built around this push and pull with your devil trigger and healing. Uh, just, I don't know, it would have been useful, especially because your only other option is to die and have to spend money on these yellow orbs, which, which act like your continues. That act like, uh, like extra lives that continue at a checkpoint. Yeah. As opposed to continuing at the beginning of a chapter or reloading from a save rather. Right, right. Which you can do, uh, yeah. So it's, uh, I agree. Mm -hmm. Like those ended up not being enough. And it's, again, it plays into that perfectionist mindset. Like you don't mm -hmm. want to take damage. Like, of course you can only carry one of those because if you're using one, your rank's going to take a huge hit. Yeah. You're already fucked up. Like you're, you're kind of encouraged to consider using healing item a failure. Yeah. I feel like in the, the platonic ideal mm -hmm. of this game. To which I say, don't tell me how to play your game. I don't know if yeah. I actually feel that way, but I, 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 I appreciate, <laughs> I, I appreciate a, a low floor and a high ceiling. I think that is the perfect, uh, that, that, that is the, the, the perfect arrangement. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, this is, uh, was originally developed as Resident Evil 4. We talked about that a bunch. Mm -hmm. Um, and kind of, and it has a lot of holdovers from when it was Resident Evil. Right, right. Uh, that more or less got jettisoned from the series right away. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, as they figured out what this actually is, you know. Um, so the entire game here, it takes place within and beneath this, uh, island castle complex. Uh, you can roam freely around it. You can see like, oh yeah, this, you know, like I would have had to go to this room and find this key and bring it back to unlock this particular portcullis or whatever. It appears like it would, you know, 
play a little bit like a standard Resident Evil with backtracking and stuff. The, you know, however, it is kind of subdivided into these 23 different missions of widely varying lengths, which really yeah. <laughs> uh, can just break all of that up into vaguely motivated goals. When I say vaguely motivated, I mean Dude. vaguely motivated. It, it, I, I'm going to say this with no sense of exaggeration. Mm -hmm. At no point in this game did I know why I was doing anything. Yeah. Like I knew what I had to do. Like Stop go Mundus. grab the crew. <laughs> Stop Mundus. And you'd get a little mission thing that was like, you know, grab the crown of scepters to unlock the the gate of space time. Yeah. And like, cool, there's a crown of scepters and I gotta go grab that. It, I bet it's forward. And then I move forward. <laughs> yeah. And if enemy, then then good. Mm -hmm. You know, then I'm going the right way. I'd get the thing, I'd kind of backtrack a little bit, uh, and then do the thing, and then I would just be in a totally new place, and it was like, find the, the trident of wands to, mm -hmm. you know, unleash the, the spirit of the night. And I'm yeah. like, cool, let's do it. Like, <laughs> whatever. I, I've, I've never played a game that was more under-motivated than this. Like, yeah. we, something that, yeah, we talked, I've talked about before on the show is that like, story and narrative and stuff, one of the things that does is exist to give your actions context. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was missing it and I'm anticipating getting a wedgie for this from people because the idea that caring about anything in this game other than just cool combos and perfecting the fights, you know, is probably not best practice. It's, it's like caring about the team fortress comics. Yeah. Or caring about the story in porn, like right. that old canard. Right. Mm -hmm. But I, I do care about that shit mm -hmm. and it does, it makes it, it's not just flavor like the flavor in this game is when it's camp it's funny when it's mm -hmm. serious it's dumb as fuck um it's it's not just there to it's there to give you a little bit of a reason and when it's totally lacking <laughs> boy do i miss it yeah like it's just weird like there's so many key items in this game so many doors and locks mm -hmm. really frustratingly a lot of them are weapons yep <laughs> like I hate that. I'm like, oh, I found a trident. Cool. cool. And, oh wait, it's a replica, no. not a weapon. Shit. <laughs> Why are there so many fucking replica weapons in here? What kind of Civil War reenactment nerds own this fucking castle? If, if it was like, a, if they played it as a joke, that would be very funny to me. But no, yeah. no, it's just to it's say you, you've got this trident. You know, just like in yeah. you know Resident Evil, you find a mask that you can't wear because it goes on a it goes on a thing on a Go wall. On. It was on a door. Yeah. Well, yeah. what what it feels like is a team that had like a particular budget for like spaces. Like, okay, we can have these interiors. You know, we have like roughly these rooms in the castle. Um, you know, and we you know we 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 need to use them a bunch of different times. So what we're going to do is effectively do like a procedurally generated goal where we're going to say, here's where you start, here's where you need to end up, and here's where you need to stop over on the way to get to get going forward. And when you do it, it's going to give you a new a new goal and stopover that you have to do. Um, is what yeah. is, is what it feels like. It just like it literally just feels like there's like a little uh, a little telegraph at the end, and it just beep 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 beep. beep. Okay, yeah. I need to use the spear of anguish on the stained glass window in the cathedral. Gotcha. Part, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Huge radiant quest energy. Yeah. To this stuff, and it, it's so weird because I we'll we'll talk about this as its own bullet point. I'm sure we talk about the tone of this. Mm -hmm. I was really expecting. Like, I remember this having more camp and story yeah. to it. There's 40 minutes of cutscenes in this entire game, and mm. it's like the beginning and the end. 
Yeah. Like all the stuff, if you are a big Devil May Cry guy and you're into the camp, mm-hmm. uh, it's all in the beginning and end. Yeah. The middle stretch of this game is an unmotivated radiant quest pileup. Yeah. Like it is so weird how much of this game is just go through a contextless place. Yeah. Do contextless things. <laughs> and like that, that, that is one of the major things that people complained about with Devil May Cry 2 when I was going doing research on like the reception more broadly. And if you look at it, like, you know, two of the five games <laughs> that were made in this series, like do not match the fans description of what they like hold dear about it. It's really weird. It's like Metroid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's identity is, you know, and if they were trying to, when they try to do more of that stuff to kind of try to appeal Mm -hmm. to that, you know, narrative side, if they're doing that to appeal to me, like, I imagine the person who really wants that narrative, but also really wants this kind of action Mm -hmm. is a a fairly thin by, you know, Venn diagram. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, and yeah. It's a small constituency to design for. That's what it feels like to me. Um. So you end up having these puzzles, as we mentioned. They're not puzzles. <laughs> right. Uh, they're secret missions, which are generally uh, going uh, going into a door you've already been in or going somewhere it doesn't seem like you should go mm-hmm. um, to get a secret mission, which is like a little gimmick challenge. Like yeah. kill this many things in this much time. Kill this many things. You have a clock down. You know, your health is going down. Uh, get from this place to this place, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of them. If you do all of them, you get an alternate devil trigger that is really interesting, but you don't get it until the end of the game. Mm. Uh, I wanted to play with that because it, it, what it does is instead of giving you new moves, you stop time. Oh, wow. Um, and I was like, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's only for New Game Plus, really, because yeah, you have to do yeah. all these things. So I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to play New Game Plus. Yeah. And I wonder so. if that, like, messes with your ranking as well. Like, I wonder if that's something you could even do on, you know, Dante Must Die or whatever. I, yeah. No idea. I, I, the footage I saw of it, you can do it on Dante Must Die, mm. um, because I, I wanted to see it in action, and I was looking up Dante Must Die stuff anyway. Gotcha. And the person who I was watching, who was doing Dante Must Die, mm-hmm. uh, got the got the thing. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, from what I saw, like the secret missions were the primary way to get purple orbs, which would uh, raise your devil trigger. They would give you like yeah. a new uh, kind of just an, a new maximum level for that or um, the blue orbs, which are divided into quarters. It's like heart pieces. You find four yeah. of them and then your, you know, your health, your health bar gets bigger. Yep. And of course money, which you can buy both those items as well. Yes. And um, they get more expensive as you go, as you, as you buy yep. them, which uh, makes sense. Uh, let's talk mm-hmm. about the aesthetics of this game. Like it, it looks fine. Like enemies have neat designs. Uh, the music is, is, is good. Um, I think that like stylistically and tone wise, this is very weird. It's weird and yeah. inconsistent. Yeah. I, I don't know that I necessarily agree that the game looks good. Okay. I think it is, is too dark. Mm. Um, there's something to this that, uh, Applies to, you know, my, my issue where I'm never sure if something is colorblind related. And I'm not, right. definitely not playing that as any kind of card. Right. right? This right. could just be my eyes being idiots. Mm-hmm. But the, even the, the HD version, which is what I played, um, I think we both played. Yeah. Version. I played it on PS4. You played it on Switch. Yes. Okay. Um, is dark and muddy, uh, mm. and enemies all, you know, a lot of enemies that have lots of blacks and reds. Mm. 
Um, and then this coupled with uh, the camera angle, I found readability to be a bit of an issue um, in this uh, because of every like things not sticking out enough from the background. Mm. Like there would be individual frames where it just looked like a big pile of pixels, you know, just like a big pile of garbage. Yeah. I, I think that some of the enemy designs in a vacuum are really cool. Mm-hmm. I think that the camera and the game is not set up very well for you to appreciate them. Yeah. Um, nothing is really framed. And something that is a continuous problem I had that I don't want to point out every time it happened. Mm-hmm. And I don't, in talking on the Slack and stuff, I don't think this is a problem other people had. It's just true to my experience. So I'm mm-hmm. not necessarily levy, levying this as a criticism against the game. But uh, I come out of a door. I'm in the far background. Enemies are in the mid background and the camera is in the foreground. Right. And I cannot see Dante while I have to fight these things. You can't see where you're at in relation to them. Yeah. Yeah. It made me like, this is a later thing that I wanted to say, but it really like one of the things about playing this made me think is like, I maybe don't like this genre. Hmm. I maybe think I do because of God hand and beautiful Joe where they take that readability and it's like God hand makes it like punch out, Mm -hmm. you know, the camera's always in the same place basically. And then beautiful Joe is side scrolling. So you can always see where you are in relation to everything. Mm-hmm. And this was, that was a similar problem that I had in Bayonetta. Like if you recall, like I was like, yeah, yeah I can't yeah. always read what's going on in the screen. Yeah. But Bayonetta um, just gets so small on the screen in relation to like the number of enemies that are there in relation to the set piece that they're, that they're trying to highlight. And in relation to like the particle effects that are going on. Yes. Yeah. It just becomes a mess to me. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's contrary to that feeling of like coolness mastery. Mm-hmm. Um, which I get, you know, I bring up Dark Souls a lot because it's a, a game series I know really well. It's very different. Like a game based on fighting, mm-hmm. like readability is a huge concern for like the worst bosses of Dark Souls. The best bosses of Dark Souls have really amazing readability. Yeah. And part of it is controlling the camera, like having the camera between my character, not doing like big group melees, yeah. you know, from a fixed distance. Mm-hmm. Um, like at this, at its worst, this felt like a button masher, like God of War, like the first God of War to me. Yeah. Uh, and, and a lot of that was the look in the camera mm-hmm. angle. It's better on the HD version. Things mm-hmm. stand out more. The, uh, the video I watched of Dante must die was on the PS2 version and oh, it's geez. real fuzzy. Yeah. And I'm like, man, how did we even get through this? Like this just <laughs> looks like mud. This looks like absolutely just like a big pile of mud smeared on the screen. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know if I can go with you on the game looks good. I, I think that like it is too dark and too, I don't know. Yeah. It's hard to, for me to read this. Yeah. Um, too many reds and blacks. Yeah. I, I, w- I will agree that it's on the dark side and I can definitely agree with you on the camera. I think that again, speaking to this as a, as a transitional product, I think that the game is not really well served by a lot of the fighting taking place in these very tight interiors. No. Yeah. Um, and you kind of run into like a version of what happens in a resident evil game, which is like, there are certain camera angles that are just for show, but they are functionally, um, useless for playing the game. They show you no information. Um, and you want to try and like stay out of the part of the room that fires those off here. You like, it's the same, like it's kind of the same thing in resident evil. When you're moving so slowly, like you're not going to run into that very often. You can just kind of make a, you know, a small little uh, adjustment and you're not moving as much here. You're jumping around like a flea and you can get yourself into a place where you can't see anything. And that is just enough time for the enemies to like surround you. Right. So yeah. like, I would find myself as part of my strategy, like trying to keep the enemies and keep the fight 
in like a good camera part of the floor so that I didn't get myself fucked over because you have no yeah. control over it. Yeah. Fighting on a, on a, the straddle yeah. line between two camera things is an absolute fucking nightmare in this mm-hmm. game because the way, so we didn't talk about uh, this controls like, you know, the direction that you push is the direction you go in. It's not tank controls or anything. Mm-hmm. Which means that, like, when you trans, if you're holding down to run towards the camera, mm-hmm. and then you transition to where the camera is now behind Dante, as long as you're holding down, you'll continue in the same direction. Mm-hmm. But if you switch to pressing up, like, you'll kind of like, you know, stagger for a moment. Yeah, yeah. To adjust, like, there's this inertia to the controls that happen when the camera switches, and that is a really kludgy solution. It felt like to me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it when it works, it works. But I just, you know. The, the way that I guess like what I'm saying is that any individual asset in this game kind of looks good. Mm-hmm. The art direction and composition of any individual scene, I think, is actually extremely bad mm. uh, in this game. Like, I, I did not like it. Um, yeah. I don't like those art angles you're talking about for Resident Evil are to a purpose. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, this they're creating this horrific atmosphere. Yeah. This game does have like a degree, like a, a tiny smidge mm-hmm. of the atmosphere sometimes. But that's not what it's about. Like, it doesn't need to be doing these art angles. No, no, not I at felt all. Like, yeah. So I didn't have like as many of the readability problems as, as you were having with this. I generally could navigate a frame just fine, but I agree with you that it could have been brighter. And I agree that it, uh, the camera definitely does work at cross purposes to you. I think it's red. Like Dante's red coat does not stand out to me very well. Oh yeah. Uh, red is not as a high contrast of a Mm. thing. Like every once in a while, someone will do red font on white and it destroys my eyes. Like it is so hard for me to read. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm not seeing, I'm not getting as much red. Mm-hmm. Like I, I have some red, I can see red, but all those cones are not there. So right. I think that's probably what's at work. And that's not mm-hmm. a problem with the game. This came out in, you know, uh, 2001. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's, it's not, I'm not really mad about it, but it did impact my experience a lot. Yeah. It's still a fact of playing the game, <laughs> you know, yeah. and colorblind people represent what, like 11% of the population. We, and, and growing. I'm yep. making more every day. I've been slipping things into your water every time you do a convention. <laughs> so the, <laughs> you know, oh, I'm having stomach problems. Go ahead, uh, Elka Seltzer. Sure. <laughs> if, I, if I can't have cones, nobody can. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's to steal your cones. After I give you right, the right. serum, you pee them out, and I set mm-hmm. up a filter. I call yeah. the hotel, and then I drink the cones from the urine. Right. So it's a whole thing I got going on to try to transfer my colorblindness to you. <laughs> um, Oh man. Yeah. So we should talk about the tone. Right. Um, of this, which is uh, a very specific kind of thing. And again, I'm going to be a, a, a grump and be like this. I don't find this as catnip as a lot of people do. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, this is, uh, the kind of like, I think a lot of people who love Dante, um, love him because he's like adorable. Yeah. You know, like, like he's like a, a teenager's idea of cool. Right. Right. You know, so teen feels are a big, not feels, teen like Trapper Keeper drawings mm-hmm. is a is a big, it's like if you made a whole game out of the the Leon Kennedy, you said, uh, you know, your hand comes off. Right. You know, yeah. It's, it, it just, but it starts with that and ends with that. There's no like delicious transition from Resident Evil 4 serious tone to mm-hmm. being chased by gigantic mecha Napoleons. It's just, <laughs> you know, starts off over the top and then ends over yeah. the top and. That's kind of where it's at. Yeah. 
um it, it is specifically like the teen the, the the teen cool it is that is the impulse that that like made you put up a uh like a like a cutout magazine ad for a cool motorcycle on the inside of your locker door it's real steve brule <laughs> like that, that's what i think of with this stuff right now like oh yeah. cool skateboards <laughs> Scra- you know like it, it, it's dante has big steve brule energy he just doesn't have a speech impediment right you know, <laughs> I like broader scotch. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I like broader scotch. That kid stole my candy. Like that's basically Dante, you know, except, except he would say it like, yeah, huh, sweet shops closed, you know, right. or something like that. But it's basically the same impulse. Yeah. He, <laughs> he, he is definitely rolling around. Like it's a one liner, a one liner economy. And he is the Jeff Bezos of it. Uh, yeah. is, is kind of how he feels. Um, this is kind of combined with, uh, just a very heightened, heightened violence to it. Like his establishing moment when Trish comes in is her throwing a, throwing a sword straight through his chest and putting him to a floor and him getting, him getting up. So like yeah. they're leaning into like, oh yeah, he's indestructible and he will use that to demonstrate how cool and unflappable he is. Yeah. If he showed up in any other series, you'd be like, who's this fucker? And why is he like beating up Colossus? <laughs> like why this, this has, you know, such huge, like Mary Sue energy, but he's the yeah. protagonist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand like, and you know, cause I always try to try to get it when something doesn't work for me. Uh-huh. Um, you know, talking to people on the Slack, like I, I understand and respect mm-hmm. people for whom this is just like absolute catnip. Yeah. Like there are people which the tone for this is just like, this is totally my shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a teenager who listens to Godsmack. I think that's hilarious and good, you know. <laughs> yeah. And and to me, I just I don't I I don't think it's for me, mm-hmm. you know, anymore. You know, as a thing, like I yeah. just I don't, you know. And I, I no judgment. It mm-hmm. just it's not for me. I don't think yeah. that's very cool. No, it, Dante it, is cool. It, I mean, uh, so like this game came out when I was fourteen years old. So like it hit yeah. me right in the pocket, you know. Like, like I got this from Walmart at launch. My my original copy still has the receipt in it because I'm that kind of weirdo. It keeps you might receipts. have to take it back. <laughs> well, I, I, in the I, future, I, I'll have to claim this on my taxes. <laughs> no, I, I like keeping the receipts for things. I keep the receipts in the case so I can see when I bought the game, Gary. You clawed. Oh, well, that that that's way more normal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I just, just, I'm wasted. I'm, I'm, I'm wasted on you. Is the thing? <laughs> no, no. I was, you know, like, and I was, I was sufficiently into it, you know, as like a, as like a 14 year old, you know. And I, it's at some point something in me shifted, and like, if I'm gonna see something that's like over the top, cool and stylish, I wanted to lean into full camp, like Bayonetta, where she's like dancing as she's killing demons and stuff. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. that version of this is cool. To me, way more imagine, you know, like Bayonetta is a way better character yeah. than this. Like I, like I, I, I love the character of Bayonetta, even mm-hmm. though the game was also fine mm-hmm. to me. Um, <laughs> that character is great. Like it, yeah. it's funnier as well mm-hmm. uh, than this. Like again, I, you know, I talked about how the cutscenes are only the beginning and end of this game. The way that I remembered it and the way people talk about it is that that's a huge part of the game. Right. The right. Writing, and it's really not. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is, it is barely present. Yeah. Um, when we get to those parts, those like famous Mimi parts, like they are funny. Mm-hmm. Like the end of this did become kind of compelling in that way. Yeah. You know, that kind of adorable way. And my understanding is like the sequels go full out, you know, Deadpool, shoot them up. You yes. know, uh, 
with, uh, kind of kind of adorable land. Right, with the exception of two, which people say Dante got too serious in, and then the yeah. reboot, which is, I think, an example of people taking these characters and their traits way too personally. In, yeah, you know, my, in my in my opinion, I, I did not yeah. understand why people got so upset about that. But no, I, did, I don't. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I mean, yeah, I just I don't understand getting that upset about this. This thing yeah, at all. Yeah. That wasn't uh, an, that wasn't weird. an invitation for somebody to describe. I saw a bunch of takes. You know, it's it's still it's it, the game still looked fun. I like Ninja Theory. Yeah, you're you know. gonna get uh, get this explained to you, brother. I hope. I, please um, don't. The... Please don't. I, with, with, with with peace and love and all the goodwill in the world. I I I, yeah. I don't. I, I think I think these games are fine. I like them. I had fun playing this. It makes me want to play more. I I I don't need to understand exactly the the way you engage with it. Please. Sometimes saying you don't know something is not always an invitation for someone to educate you. Right. It's a good good online lesson. Yeah. You know, like you yeah. can I, people can ask for information. Mm-hmm. It's not an implicit ask by being like I don't know this. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not a, I don't know is not a question. Right. You know, sometimes that's the end of a statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's okay. You know, like curiosity is good. You don't have to be curious about everything. Right. Not a time on earth. Oh. Um. So this came up during a time when Capcom was trying to figure out the future of the Resident Evil series. Um, in 1997, Capcom began developing Sengoku Biohazard, uh, which is a spinoff of Resident Evil set in a ninja house in medieval Japan, uh, which, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was scrapped and turned into Onimusha War- Warlords. Right. Yeah. Um, and Onimusha was a game that Hideki Kamiya, the, uh, the developer and designer of Devil May Cry, uh, he'll play test it. And, uh, famously, there was a bug early on in Onimusha, which is also, um, a Resident Evil-like game that, you know, where you, you know, you're sword fighting, right? Sword fighting mm-hmm. and throwing shurikens and stuff like that. Um, there was a bug where as you attacked enemies, um, rapidly and repeatedly, you would juggle them in the air. And he said, oh, this is cool. Eventually that was patched out of Onimusha, but that kind of accident of coding came forward and kind of like was the kernel or was the seed crystal around which like this really acrobatic, you know, combat style that Camille would eventually they specialize in um that you know that that was how it formed that was the that was the seed for it yeah yeah uh this uh this game developed uh or began development in 1999 shinji mikami uh tapped hideki kamiya to make resident evil 4 um and originally started started as this uh by starred a biotech enhanced protagonist named tony redgrave who wakes up from the dead with extreme physical and mental skills. So basically they're trying to turn Resident Evil into the Resident Evil movies. Right, uh, before right. Resident Evil movies came out. The, the way that I looked at it was like, what if you played somebody with Wesker powers, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Kamiya, when he was putting this together, decided uh, pre-render backgrounds probably are not going to be uh, what cuts it for this. Uh, Onimusha had pre-rendered uh, backgrounds. He decided to do the Code Veronica compromise where it was, you know, dynamic camera in a 3D, uh, full 3D environments kind of in order to follow and match this, uh, this really heightened action. Um, and they developed this for about a year when Shinji Mikami said, okay, this is cool, but this doesn't really match what we want a Resident Evil game to be. Uh, can you make this its own thing? Yeah. yeah. Uh, surprising no one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kamiya's main focus on designing the character was to be as cool as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, therefore, the long coat yes. and dual wielding pistols and, and, and such. him not being a smoker. He th- yeah. <laughs> he thought not smoking is cool. 
And I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah, smoking sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, it, it, you know, even if you love it, it makes you smell bad. Yeah. Um, do you want to just smell bad? Yeah. No. I, I like being. I like. You. I like going outside too. But you know, they're they're they're. Yeah, you yeah. don't have to go out there. You don't have to smoke to do it. No. No. Uh, just take a little nature break. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. So the and the idea being is, if we made this guy incredibly badass, it'd be very empowering for the player. Right. Which is also the focus for like most character action mm-hmm. kind of games like yeah, bayonetta yeah. is more straight laced cool mm-hmm. uh than this uh the uh, gentleman in god hand has a little bit of this adorableness yes to him but is also pretty cool right you know so. vanquish near automata all those kind of things um yeah. yeah he also consciously decided to make the game more difficult than other capcom games or really other games were at the time uh kind of uh as a provocation against casual play uh, yeah. which was where, where they were at at the time. It's a, it's a great stance worth taking that will age really well <laughs> being against casual play. Like why yes. would anybody, why would you allow them? To yeah. Why would game? I want more people to buy my games? Yeah. Well, especially like women or like <laughs> mothers or whatever. <laughs> Fuck now. Yeah. Like this is for people who think Dante is cool. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, this is for teenage boys who like are saving up their pizza points to get a skateboard. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know that Camille was saying every game needed to be this. I think that he just, no. you know, he wanted to make he this game. He wanted to make bad. a game for this yeah. audience and mm-hmm. of that. Yeah. yeah. I just, um, I, I, we, we were joking and being hyperbolic. I didn't want anybody to misunderstand. Uh, yeah, nuance is dead, Gary. Nuance is totally dead. Yeah. Even though Camille basically did make games that were just from now on. <laughs> yes. So I don't think that he wanted all games to be like this. He just wanted all of his games to be yeah, like this. Yeah, it's the kind of game he wanted to make. And that's fine. Yeah, over yeah. and over and over. Right. Um, so this is uh, the progenitor of the character action genre. Mm-hmm. This predates like 2004's reboot in Ninja Gaiden. Yep. Uh, for example, yeah. Um, this has been re-released a few times, uh, including part of a remastered trilogy that's available on current consoles, which is how we played it. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are four sequels and a, and a soft reboot. Right. Uh, a long-running series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, including Devil May Cry Five, which it came came out. Was that earlier this year or was that 2019? Uh, we're in the event. Yeah, we're in the event horizon of a black hole, so it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. No, it's all one big year. <laughs> it's all it's all 2020 minus one, 2020 mm-hmm. minus two. You know, 2020 minus four was really hard. Yeah. You know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but 2020 minus minus six. That was like a preview of 2020 was, minus four. Yeah. And 2020 plus two is going to be horrible. Oh my God. Um, yeah. <laughs> so run riots. Um, yeah. So it's, it's been ongoing for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have not played anything else in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, at the time, I think, I don't know why Res- uh, Devil May Cry 2 missed me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think I just, uh, I remember liking this game, but yeah. maybe just not enough to, to pursue it. And then when, uh, everyone's like, oh, it's back in Devil May Cry 3, it just kind of didn't, like, one of the things about this game, like, me coming away from it being like, maybe I'm not super into this genre, mm-hmm. is that I believe everyone that says this game gets so, like, this series gets so much better. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe the best version of this is something I'm in a limited market for. Yeah. Like, as opposed to me thinking that I basically like character action games, I think mm-hmm. this convinced me that I don't, but I like some entries. Yeah. Like I basically, I basically like Revengeance and God Hand and mm-hmm. Beautiful Joe. Uh, and the rest of them I can basically just appreciate, but I'm, I don't, I don't really, I don't yeah. know. I don't really want to play a game that's just about fighting like this. Mm-hmm. You know, give me other stuff to do. Yeah. I'm in, I'm in a really similar boat. I think I'm warmer on this in general. I skipped Devil May Cry 2 because of the bad reviews, uh, that it got. Mm-hmm. 
which, you know, is, I don't know. It's a reason to skip a game. Um, uh, uh, and then, time on Earth. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, I dabbled in three and four before uh, just kind of, like, taking a break from this kind of action-based game for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, somebody we were talking to Slack, uh, Gwen, Slack Stalwart, one of my mm-hmm. favorites, uh, made the argument like, hey, is Spider-Man PS4 a character action game? And mm. character action, like those Arkham, Middle Earth, Batman, Spider-Man games have some character action DNA, but to yeah. me, I think that's what I want because the combat is not as deep, but mm-hmm. it's deep enough and you do a lot of other stuff. Yeah. Like I got real fight fatigue in this game, even though this game tries to break it up by having you go pick up tridents and put them into doors. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just like, I'm sick of fighting stuff. Yeah. You know, show me a Vista, show me a quiet part, show me mm-hmm. uh, something that requires my noggin. Like, you know, just break it up. Yeah. And yeah. and that's just, it's a real, uh, real thing with beat em ups and, and character action games. Like you fight mm-hmm. as what you do. And it has weird. Uh, one of the things that's interesting about this game is that that resident evil DNA at the very least gives you interesting places to be in. Yeah. Like, remember those weird anonymous, like, public squares and hallways from Bayonetta? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm, I'm in a big golden hallway. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be in another big golden hallway later. Like, yeah. there's, at the very least, as much as this isn't, like, it's kind of a hybrid in a way that doesn't serve it, you're at least in a cool place with, like, suits of armor you can smash and a desk with scrolls and mm-hmm. ink pots and shit like that. Yeah. Um, that's that's why I associate with games that don't go as far into the action. And when you go really into the action, it's they're just arenas because the fighting is the only thing that matters. Yeah, yeah. You know, different. Uh, that, that uh, is different kind emphases. of a bummer to me. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's basically about it for the generalities. We're going to get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, there are parts of this that will go by a little bit quick because there are like devil may cry ass encounters in this. <laughs> right. Where it's that's... like I bunch of puppets. Shit. Yeah. You know? a- additionally, like get ready for us just to say. Uh, you know, there, there's a place where a trident goes. We're going to go look for a trident. Like not everything yeah. is going to be like motivated by cause and effect really. Um, well, there's, I mean, the game doesn't, that's, yeah. you know, I don't know how you would do that. Like doing the bonfire side chat <laughs> season of this, that talks about the lore of the trident no, receptors, no. like is incredibly <laughs> super strange thinking. Like it just, it's non-extent. Yeah. Uh, uh, if you're hearing this now, uh, you are on the public feed. Of this, uh, this is the end of the episode for the preview. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to hear the whole thing, including the specifics of this and a bunch of other back episodes, you can join us on patreon.com slash duckfeedtv at $5 a month. It gets you all of the back episodes. Yeah. Uh, you can join for just a month or two and get all of the episodes that, you know, and then, you know, make, make a decision about continuing to back us. We designed it for that. Uh, obviously mm-hmm. we would like you to stick around, but it's important that you be able to, you know, get a hold of everything. Uh, we're coming up on 19. This is going to be our 19th, 18th, something like that. Um, special episode that we've done. Yeah. So yeah. you're getting a lot of content. We also do whole bonus shows mm-hmm. and stuff at that level. Like the last thing we want is anyone to feel like, they're not getting their money's worth. Like we mm-hmm. understand people who can't afford it. If you can afford it though, we want to make you feel really good about that choice. Yes. Um, so, uh, and yeah, we just really appreciate it. The other thing mm-hmm. you can do is it is how we live. Yep. Um, yeah. is, do you want to see how it, please don't tell anybody how I live. Um, <laughs> if, this is how, yeah. uh, so this is both of our full-time jobs. It also supplements the income of other people on the network mm-hmm. who need it. Yep. Um, so if you like what we do and appreciate us, um, it's a really meaningful way to help out. Even if it's, you know, just a couple bucks a month. Yeah. Um, and whether or not you can swing that, uh, be sure to tune in next week. We're going to have a dispatch episode. And then, uh, after that, September's episode is back to regular, uh, game episodes. Yeah. Yep. Equally action packed 
Lords of Magic, mm-hmm. the real time turn based, real time with pause hybrid game. I I don't know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still I'm, I'm I'm still trying I'm still trying to get it. I'll get it. Yeah. I, I mean, it yeah. just it'll, it'll it'll take some time. I I I think that it looks cool. It just uh, just you know, it's a yeah. it does take some time. It require it requires a, more review than I'm used to giving. It's a crunch. It's yeah. a crunchy one. Yep. All right. Uh thanks. Bye.